0: My first real podcast deal, so
1: okay, well, it's funny you call this it. a real podcast because we're not that big, so
0: hey man it's 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 there it's on Spotify. it's all real,
1: yeah, we have had a sponsor, so I guess that makes us slightly more real <laughs> that,
0: that's official that's yeah right? official I'm if You're gonna, getting paid to do it. you're a professional right
1: uh, right technically, yeah, I mean I suppose <laughs> I'm a professional in a lot of weird things then. Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host. And by you, I mean Bill, a.k.a. the vocalist of Christ. What's up, Bill?
0: Not too much. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, Usually I would let you introduce yourself, but I'm going to go on a little spiel for our fans. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since we uploaded. And uh, like Emily and I said when we started this podcast, Emily is the other co-host. We have two other co-hosts in this podcast. Um, We said we're going to upload on Tuesdays. But when we can, and we said that because we knew we'd never be able to stick to every Tuesday, and uh, and as you guys know, we had a baby, so shit has been wild. Uh, I w- was supposed to do a podcast with this with this fellow right here, and I totally slept through the entire thing. I woke up in a panic. I was like, "Shit, where's my phone?" I text you, but so stuff's been crazy. Um, and recording with our band and stuff has been insane. So, uh, but go check out the new single that just came out two days ago. So. And that's that's all I have. Now you can introduce yourself.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I'm I'm Bill Sawin, uh, vocalist for Christ, Uh actually dichroic and Solium Fatalis as well now too. Uh, so just Whoa. excited to be that's here. That's a lot. Happy to. Yeah, it's <laughs> busy times. I went from almost nothing through COVID to uh, to a lot of stuff to do. But Necronomachist, I've been in for uh, almost 14 years now. So. That's going dang well. Man, the two projects are pretty new.
1: So are you doing music full time professionally?
0: Uh no. I still gotta work the regular day in, okay. day out. I actually work for state parks, but uh you know, more and more music I can do the closer I get to that goal. So but right. you know, with inflation the way it is these days, I don't know, man, I might be flipping burgers for the rest of my life or something. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you
1: said you said you work for what? State state parks?
0: state parks i i hang out in the woods and yell and scream okay. and make bigfoot noises
1: you're not gonna believe this shit because i don't think you, have you listened to our podcast
0: uh a couple of episodes but not
1: okay you <laughs> this podcast is like regularly about hiking it's not about hiking but we have hiking talked about so much because it's one of my biggest hobbies aside from like doing music Right so on. we've had here. we've had big like through hikers on and stuff <laughs> like awesome insane that's, awesome, that's crazy coincidence that we have like two overlapping hobbies like being a vocalist hiking
0: <laughs> you know it's one of the few places that you can really go out and practice vocals without being the craziest person there right or at least nobody else is there to hear you anyway unless they so find that out it's out.
1: not bigfoot in the woods
0: exactly <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> no uh, yeah done state parks for a little bit uh it's a good gig like i mean i get time to think about lyrics and you know write vocal patterns while i'm out there with headphones on cutting grass or cutting trees and stuff so it all kind of centralizes back towards whatever i can do to make most time for music anyway
1: yeah that's dope man uh i've always wanted to do something with state parks but uh i don't know how to word this without making it sound like i don't like it but like to support the life that I have now, I have to have a, a different type of job. Those jobs don't pay a hundred percent, which you would, oh, you know,
0: but you're totally right. Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> but it is definitely a
1: job I would love to do, but
0: yeah, I did the military for five years. I was in the Marine Corps and then worked in a plastic factory after that and was like, that's enough. Get yeah. my ass kicked <laughs> for a while. I'm going to take it easy for a little bit and do something that I enjoy. So it works right. out well.
1: Yeah. Um, not to swing too hard from that um, Yeah you, So you're in three different bands
0: Three different bands at the moment
1: And I hate, I, I don't like to ask this question Because I am not uh, particular to genres But what genres would you say that those bands are?
0: Uh, Christ definitely uh, extreme slash death metal uh, Dichroic kind of goes more towards the progressive uh, Mellow death metal and Solium Fatalis kind of in the uh, cross between the death and and melodic death metal as well. So a lot, lot of screaming, a lot of yelling a lot of screaming. Hey, that's A little like bit singing.
1: That's what we like <laughs> around here. Um is there any chance that I could YouTube like your favorite song or something and play it right here for the people to listen to?
0: Uh yeah, uh dichroic and Solium Fatalis don't have anything up with me on them right now. Okay. Uh but uh you could definitely pull something up. I think uh, "Wield the God Hand" is a is a good one. We'll just give
1: a small listen. Sounds good. Love the album artwork. Okay, that's dope, man. Is there any part of the song I should skip to and play?
0: Um, The solo is pretty killer. Where it is...
1: Uh, uh, I hate stopping music just in the middle, but I have to just for the show.
0: But <laughs> uh, Probably the last maybe minute and a half or so is probably where the solo is, I'd have to guess.
1: Maybe. We'll go there and see what it's like definitely uh fits exactly what you said extreme yeah. extreme extreme metal cuz it it's got that ties into death metal but sounds like that just that extreme metal side so
0: yeah A little bit before that
1: I'll back it up for the people sorry right here that's definitely uh not as popular in death metal or extreme metal having a solo
0: so that is that's pretty very dope. true very true uh yeah and that's our, our good buddy felipe roa he is uh he's the man uh like i said he's he was in uh uh i can't think of anything at the moment uh he he toured with Shadows Fall. He was in uh, Acaro. Uh, they okay. were huge up here in Massachusetts for a while. Uh, very awesome band. Uh, he has some solo stuff out too. I think it's just called Roa R O A on Spotify. Uh, killer dude, killer guitar player, absolute shredder. So
1: it sounded sick, man. Um, what got? Because you're the one that's doing crazy noises. What got you? Oh, in, yeah. What got you into that?
0: uh always just been a metal fan for sure uh i'd be lying if i said anything other than pantera really uh sparked my interest from the get-go and then lamb of god and then it just got heavier and heavier after that from cannibal corpse and deicide and the black dahlia murder was absolutely a huge huge influence for me uh but really, when I went away into the, the military, like I said, I was in the Marine Corps from 2004 to 2009. Uh, I I just really felt like I was far away from everything that I was so used to back home. And I mean, all of my friends are metalheads. You know, my friends were all in bands. And I worked on aircraft. So when I was deployed overseas, uh, aircraft would be running. I had my big old headphones and on and I I would just scream metal lyrics behind the back of planes for Mm. hours on end when we'd go back to our our tent I'd scream metal vocals over there too and I mean I told plenty of people that that's exactly what I was going to do when I got out and haven't stopped since I left so that was pretty much really it for me is it, it was always the place that I felt most comfortable it's my stress relief my you know, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way too. It's hard to really be too upset and too angry at normal things in life when you have an outlet where you can literally bang your head and, and scream at the top of your lungs for, you know, an hour or two, a couple of nights a week. So
1: definitely that, I have to agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was it for me. and. You know, once once you get a taste of doing it with a, a band together, and and you guys vibe, and you get a chance to play live, it's, I mean, it's crack, man. It's it's hard to to uh, stop chasing that dragon of playing a live show. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So, y- you were just in the back of planes screaming your head off, uh. and oh, yeah. Then you, and then you came back and you joined. You just found out how to do music or joined a band.
0: Uh, so Necronomic Crisis already started in uh, 2006 they actually started like while I was uh, deployed in Iraq and uh, you know my buddy Kendall he plays drums Uh, he uh, he was telling me all about it and you know unfortunately I just couldn't do it at the time Uh, they had another singer at the time our friend Cameron Um, and then when I got home I got home in May and then July. They went into the studio uh, and things, they were just kind of looking for a different sound. They asked if I wanted to do a feature on uh, one verse of a song uh, called Tree of Doubt, which is actually an 11 minute song, believe it or not. Jeez. Uh, so uh, I went into the studio uh, in Taunton, Massachusetts, and I laid down my verse and. I think a day or two later they called and asked me if I wanted to finish the song I said yes and they asked if I wanted to finish the album and I said yes and they said well would you want to be in the band and I, <laughs> I jumped at the chance so and haven't looked back since
1: nice nice um well do you have any professional I'll, I'll word it in two separate parts but vocal training and then music training or no
0: No not I'll preface it. I went to my first like real vocal class on the second. So uh, the second of February of this year. Of this year (laughs) of this year. So uh no no real vocal training. Um I bought the the Zen of Screaming D V D from Melissa Uh, Cross. Melissa Cross, yep. Back in the day and uh everyone. <laughs> yeah, everybody did. You know, it's like, oh it's good enough for, for Randy Bly, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh and really it was just a lot of trial and error. Like I said, I spent a lot of that time in the Marine Corps just really trying to do that, just emulating sounds and uh you know, doing it wrong and then doing mm-hmm. it right and a couple of bottles of Jaegermeister and some sore vocal cords <laughs> later and then uh and then no, it just It was something that I always wanted to do. So, you know, videos online I watch. And uh, there's a website, the Extreme Vocal Institute. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've heard of them at all. EBI, yep,
1: with uh, David Benitez.
0: Yeah, they are incredible. I can't say enough about that that whole thing, too. That guy can make
1: some crazy noises for when you hear him talk, you don't think he's going to make a good (laughs) scream, and then he sounds phenomenal.
0: (laughs) Most soft-spoken guy you've ever heard. Nicest guy in the whole world, (laughs) and then absolute monster yeah so yeah but in terms of vocal train, I th- you know I made it I did one voice one in community college when I was skating by to get some credits but I mean I was singing you know country roads and stuff like that it wasn't oh, yeah. definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah. anything extreme by any means whatsoever um but the vocal lesson I just did was with uh Mark Baxter, who's actually worked with Rob Flynn from Machine Head, he's worked with Steven Tyler. So he's, uh, he's a big name, and I'm just fortunate that he's in the area. So,
1: Yeah, uh, I feel like a fraud sometimes because I'm much like you. I'm self-taught, um, bang my head against a wall, hurt my vocal cords a bunch, figure out how to do it. Um, but now I've been doing it for... 13 or 14 years or something like that and I give, nah. I give people lessons but I have zero uh, formal training on like vocal techniques or anything like that and I basically just teach people like in layman's terms how to do it and they're happy Which, with
0: it so honestly that's probably the best way to do it too I feel like I mean even with a, a vocal coach there's not many that are you know extreme metal oriented or you know know who corpse grinder is if you bring him up Mm -hmm. as a reference uh but it really is i mean screaming it's you know as a new dad babies know how to do it pretty easily (laughs) yes they do so it's it's definitely a very natural but unnatural thing we're we're trained pretty hard from the get-go how not to do that yeah but you know, I was uh, I
1: was saying that to to Emily the other day, sorry to cut you off. Um no problem. I was saying that to Emily the other day, I was like, you know, it's it's absurd the fact that I've worked so hard to get where I am vocally, but a person, you could take a person and if they if they grasp the concept right away, they could scream the next day.
0: They oh, could yeah. just they could just do it.
1: And it, like it just blows my mind that I banged my head against a wall trying to do this for how long and you could just do it.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of the beauty of it too is like you you know not everybody everybody can sing but not everybody has like the most beautiful singing voice yeah definitely not me for singing yeah <laughs> you, you and me both my friend yeah. but it's one of those things too where uh you know with metal it's it's percussive it's emotion it's you know it doesn't matter if you hit the pitch if you hit the mood you know mm-hmm. if you if you can match the vibe of that guitar and that bass and those drums you can you know you can get your point across and sometimes a lot more than <laughs> yeah. somebody swinging into some little note or playing some little melody hook you know i i feel like there's a lot of times where you can take that natural element of raw aggression and really kind of push that through to to people which I don't know. It hit me when I was, you know, 13 years old listening to Vulgar Display of Power that I stole from my sister and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, feeling like the biggest, you know, 85-pound kid in the world, so. Yeah.
1: I I, I remember when I got into, like, gosh, I don't know. I was into the, uh, because... uh, I don't know how you're gonna feel about this, but my main the main genre I listen to this is why I don't get into genres. So I listen to anything, but <laughs> the main genre I listen to is deathcore. Okay. Yeah. And so where my roots were was like I listened to my brother's Lincoln Park CDs a bunch, and I was like, okay, there's some screaming in here. I thought that was pretty heavy, and then I remember <laughs> I would listen to Lincoln Park, and then I want to say like stuff like Disturbed and like five-finger death punch and shit like that and then my dad was like you think that's heavy like listen to this and he showed me melvin's and pantera and i was like i was like this shit is brutal and then i said i remember saying to him i'm like i bet there's because he kept saying like the melvin's man nothing heavier than the melvin's and i go i bet there's heavier shit than this and i went on youtube and i found it (laughs) and i was listening to like impending doom at that point and i was like i found out they were religious and i was like
0: they're religious. <laughs> I'm out. Okay. So, it, it, that it's. I mean, not much different story from me too. I'm probably just a little bit older. Uh, like I said, my sister was really big into like new metal at the time. She was big into uh, you know corn and all right. Corn started everything. You right? know whatever. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know I was. She was very meticulous. Had all her CDs in like alphabetical order, and I can remember. Sneaking in and stealing Pantera or, Sl- or Slayer, that you know maybe her boyfriends had at the time or who knows. But uh, I heard Pantera and you know, man, fucking hostile blew my mind. Uh, then she actually got me the Great Southern Trend Kill and you know the opening of that opening track for that with that big high scream. Yeah. I, you know I was off to the races, but I can still very much remember uh, my drummer Kendall Dival bringing me downstairs and showing me on LimeWire, check out this band man, this is Cannibal Corpse, this is stripped, <laughs> raped, and strangled and fucked yeah, with a yeah. knife, and being like dude, this isn't even human you know, not understanding what those sounds were, but uh, you know, then getting towards the end of like high school, I got really big into uh, Lamb of God, and like I said, the Black Dahlia murders Unhollowed, I heard that, and I was like this is the fucking coolest thing i've ever heard in my life and every fucking album from the black dolly after that was really life-changing so
1: they're so good uh ripped to a goat right there absolutely but yeah i i'll say i'm so glad that i changed my genre taste because i started to get into in in late high school when i was first forming my first bands i was really really into bands like um like asking Alexandria and stuff like that metalcore scene that like uh what is it Vans Warped Tour metalcore scene that's pretty much all the bands that played there and I started to like imitate their sound but I can't sing so I was always scrambling to find a singer and I'm like I'm trying to do these fry screams that I'm not enjoying even that much like (laughs) these weird high pitch fry screams and uh and then eventually I found uh I think Chelsea Graham was probably my like my shoe into like death core. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. There's no clean vocals. Everything's brutal. And sometimes it's so slow. I can barely understand what's happening. That's what I want to yeah. do. And then I think that's really what shaped me. So as a, as a vocalist creatively, <laughs>
0: and, and for me too, I, it took me a little bit to get to the, uh, that point of like absolutely no clean singing or, you know, no fries or anything like that. Like for, there was a good long time where I was like, you know, Pantera, is the bar I still love fucking Pantera to the end of time uh but kind of Randy Bly really made a big impression on me too where I was like you know this guy is heavy all the time but he enunciates yeah yep. you know and it was kind of a, a he,
1: he overpronounces a every single word
0: <laughs> but but for me in that transition period it was like Oh yeah, like you can still understand what he's mm. saying. I mean, you can understand him better than Michael Jackson half the time.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it was something where it was really opened the door for me to. And don't get me wrong, there is still a lot of other genres of stuff that I really love. That God help me if we ever, if I ever tried to sing like, if I, if I'll admit, I love like Our Lady Peace and Caroline Spine and some of those alt nineties. Fucking rock bands and stuff like that that I wish I could sing like. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm going to vocal lessons now too. <laughs> some of my other projects, I want to start kind of branching out a little bit more and you know hit some of those fucking power metal vocals and shit too. So
1: yeah, definitely. But, uh, I will. I will say. Um, I don't know, man. The amount of types of screams I'm doing is like. I've advanced. I used to do one scream. That was it. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing a mid. I'm doing this style of scream. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this. That's it. And, like, I haven't played a show since I started branching out. And, actually, in our recent single, I do three different types of screams, like, back-to-back. Like, sometimes I switch in the middle of a sentence, and now I'm, like, getting in my own head about, can I really do this live? Like, I hope so. Yeah.
0: And I feel like that stuff, too. It starts... I mean, once, once you do hit it live and, and you're practicing like it's live, I feel like all of a sudden it just becomes like a switch, and it hits where maybe not so much going from, you know, clean to guttural to to fry to false chord or whatever, but I don't know. At least for me, anyway, I do, I do a lot of, you know, I'll swell up from from a low guttural up into a high mm-hmm. scream or bring it back down or kind of accent apart, mainly because when I write parts in my head I hear the layers but I can't do the layers live so I just pick the one that I think sounds the coolest and yeah. I don't know for better or worse I think trial by fire kind of works out where I think sometimes if I try to stay in one spot too long it's easier for me to get fatigued that way or run out of mm-hmm. air that way and sometimes going up into a high scream can save some lung pressure definitely. I don't know. If, definitely. If you yeah, ever no, feel I fully that too.
1: fully agree when you're doing a lot of lows, like low after low after low, which is a mid low is kind of like my main where where I'm most comfortable yeah. at and I run out of air if I just stick to it straight up. Absolutely. Um you were talking about layering. I'm so fortunate that I don't I don't like layering my screams. So I can actually just scream and hear what it's going to sound like live. And now which our our guitarist for our band, he has a really good He kind of just does one scream, which is fine. But he does really, really fantastically at it. And then, (laughs) that's a word, fantastically. And then when I scream with him, it just accents it so well. So we can do like live layering, which is really nice.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. My, uh, My guitar player, Lenny Patterson, he's a few years older than me. He's been in bands for his whole life. And very fortunate that he can scream as well when he's... Shredding on guitar, which I don't know how the fuck anybody does that, but yeah, it's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so well, uh, fortunately we're slam, so it's not like they're not talented, but they're they're hitting a lot of the same notes over and over again. So <laughs> you
0: know, I, I I wouldn't be able to play the simplest guitar riff while trying to do any vocals, at right. least not any vocals fucking good. So all right, but I think that's all why he sticks to. I
1: think that's why he sticks to his one track vocal. Because it's easy for him to know, here's where I'm going, now I can keep focusing on guitar.
0: That works, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just... uh, Right now, I'm really, really, really hung up on... uh, And I know we're in the same vocal group, so I don't know if you've seen any of that. I don't know if you listened to our single or not, if you saw it pop up or anything.
0: I haven't listened to it yet, but I'll definitely 100% check it out after this.
1: There's There's a... Right in the middle for a breakdown i do a a whistle scream and i've been obsessed with whistle screams right now so because i just taught myself how to do them like a month ago work at all (laughs) (laughs) i just i just taught myself how to do them like a month ago and uh so then i put it in a song and that's like one of the things where it's like now i gotta do this live and i
0: gotta make sure i hit it (laughs) yeah and i mean for me i i took you know a good step away from the uh the the deathcore vibe for a bit but man that new fucking lorna shore album holy <laughs> crap that made me rethink my uh my spot in this planet for sure so mm-hmm. there's so many fucking vocal sounds coming from that and i'm actually really excited what that's going to do for not just deathcore or fucking metal but music in yeah. general how much traction that that really got and how Probably for the first time, the vocalist in a deathcore band is the reason that it's cool. You know, it's not the breakdown. It's not the double kick. It's the dude that sounds like a fucking absolute hellion.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's because I've always been a fan of deathcore, but hasn't that always been the case? Deathcore has always been about the drums and how insane the vocalist is.
0: In a way, and maybe it's because I'm not so deathcore. For me, I always thought, I always looked at it as like, ah, it's it's about that breakdown, so everybody can get into the pit for the breakdown because everybody can, you know, you hear the ding on the china, mm-hmm. and and here it comes, and the I thought thought the vocals, and again, this is just my opinion, that I thought the vocals were just going to be the the lowest guttural you could hear, or a pig squeal. You know, and that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so that's where I kind of sh- shied away because I was like, you know, I wanted a little, uh, enunciation. I wanted to, a fluctuation like kind of like Trevor Sternad would do. You know, he would start really low and bring it up really high and then stay high. And, you know, uh, but man, listen, listen to a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, mm-hmm. sp- like especially Lorna Ashore. My God, it's, it's taken things to a new level. And like I said, I think that that's really going to open doors. That's going to kind of change the game where, you know, you'll get a million people try to imitate it, but at the same time, it's going to show some people that if, you know, you can, you can do fucking anything with your voice, mm-hmm. which is going to make some cool music for sure.
1: I hate to, I hate to be a purist. And I know because Lorna Shore blew up from that. That's why it's getting so much attention. Cause like the, the masses have seen it now, but, I mean, Dickie Allen from uh, Infant Annihilator has been doing those noises for so long without the appreciation he deserves.
0: <laughs> True. Uh, tr- it's kind of a, a nature of the beast that not everybody that does it first mm-hmm. or, or even does it best gets it. It's right place, right time, right yep. scenario. You know, TikTok, in, yep. <laughs> it, TikTok, social media is a big one. I mean, we live in an age where, you know, the best thing that you can do for a band is have fifteen-second posts of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be any con. It doesn't even have to be a full song. It could be, you know, me with these earmuffs on, going, Bleh! and yep. that does better than your actual music video, or that does better than, you know, posting a live video because attention spans are. Like a goldfish yeah. at this point too. So if you can show that that quick highlight of this this young buck Will Ramos and his throat twisting sideways, <laughs> it caught my it caught my attention.
1: He's just doing and I mean, throat twisting sideways.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: quite <laughs> yeah. legitimately,
0: and and I'll say to like you know, probably the best guttural in the entire world to me will always be Corpse Grinder from you know, oh, really? Cannibal Corpse. I just to me that that is what a guttural sounds like uh sure but but he doesn't have the social media presence of of any young band at this point i feel like it's hard to especially for older bands to try to keep up with some of that stuff now too mm-hmm. and that's really where people are gonna you know make their mark and i fall short on it all the fucking time yeah i wish i wish i me too had the drive to be like oh this is here's me in the car playing this fucking song but
1: hey I do that all the time and I'm still falling short so
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's tough to do man it, hitting the algorithm I barely know what the fuck that means let alone how to yeah. do it so
1: the you, you say the best guttural you know what instantly comes to my mind what's yours uh, so not overall not like album wide but like Phil Bozeman okay you know Philly B uh, have you listened to the unanswered cover by him before? I don't before? think so. I, I gotta show you. I gotta show you.
0: Pull it up. Pull it up,
1: young Jamie. Pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, second result. Oh, you can't see, but it's second result on YouTube when you type in Phil. Uh <laughs> do my do my stuff break? Did it break? I don't. Oh, I don't no, think so. Okay. Okay. Let me try to share my screen with you now. We're professional here, I swear.
0: You and me both. Surprised my cat hasn't attacked me yet. Okay.
1: Shares. I'll start sharing. The audio level was good before, or?
0: Yeah, that was fine. Okay.
1: Look, I bet you it's right here. You can see my screen, at, right?
0: At that massive <laughs> jump in the audio. This
1: is, hands down, nobody will ever beat this roll. I promise you. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs>
0: Absolutely disgusting. See, like now, when I think, I think of uh, pretty much ninety-nine point nine percent of festering in the crypt from That's... Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I. It's just so clear.
1: You want me to play it for you? So,
0: yeah, pull it up. So clear yet so grumbly and precise.
1: I just think in terms of what a guttural is, I think Phil just fucking nailed it. It's supposed to sound like a toilet bowl, right? He got it. It's
0: it's pretty damn sure there. So are you talking a
1: specific spot, or are you just saying the song in general?
0: The song in general, pretty much that first, first vocal line that comes in, it's probably less than 15 seconds into the song.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's so distinct and clear. Like it's very clear. You always know it's Cannibal Corpse too as soon as they start playing. You're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> there they are." Yep,
0: 100%, 100%. And it just those like you look at those two examples side by side and that really shows the difference. A vast diversity. The, that, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. What two people can see especially in a genre where everybody is like oh it's just fucking cookie monster or anybody can do that and it's you know it's such a huge spectrum of different sounding vocalists all doing something in a similar vein too where you know as much as anybody tries to sound like somebody else you're really only going to sound like you yeah because it's actually be your fucking throat your diaphragm yeah. your chest everything
1: it's one of the hardest parts of being a vocalist is getting out of the mindset that you sound bad because you don't recognize the sound you're making because it's you. <laughs> you know? It's so weird. Um, Since we're Absolutely. talking about gut rules, I figure I would just show you uh the breakdown of our song because it's got the whistle scream yeah. and then it's got one of the better gut rules that I can do in there. So I'll, just, I'll give you a little example. Mm-hmm. Plus, I just like showing off the <laughs> whistle scream that I Absolutely, do.
0: Absolutely, man.
1: Uh, right here, if anybody wants to check it out, it's called Arkea Bring Out Your Dead. You can go to Bring Out uh, Bitter Snake. We put it on my personal channel because I have more subscribers gaming the system.
0: <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Okay. Second one. That's what I think is the best one. That's what I got. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. Yeah, I've seen people doing the 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 whistle screams, and man, that one just baffles me. It really does. They're, I mean, those the. Fucking tunnel screams or whatever else people do and stuff like that now too. Uh, don't get me wrong, love them. Uh, I just man, I don't know how the hell. I don't get, understand the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. It like was I it, share
1: was I sharing there? Yeah, I you could hear. Okay, I was yeah. like, I was looking. I was like, I don't know if I was in sharing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It took me a while to understand it, but <laughs> but I did it, it <laughs> finally
0: because it, it gives that impression that it's like. uh like inhale?
1: Yeah, like yeah, yeah, Inhale, scream or something? Which, believe it or not, uh, that's how I started screaming, so.
0: I, I feel like a lot of people do. Not, I wasn't
1: trying to scream. That's the weird part about it. I was trying to imitate Left 4 Dead, the hunters. Oh, you, there you go. Have you played that game yet? <laughs> yeah. yeah, And they go, Row or whatever, <laughs> so.
0: And I'm sure there is a multitude of weird ways that people have been like, oh, shit that's a fucking cool vocal sound. Mm, That's for damn sure. So, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't think that Mel Blanc probably had the coolest job in the history of anybody in the world. He did, like, every voice for the Looney Tunes. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, like, back in the fucking 40s or whatever the hell it was, I can remember thinking, man, that guy's got it made. He just comes in and talks to himself like Donald Duck and Daffy Duck having an argument, and Mm -hmm. that's money. (laughs) So... (laughs) yeah vocalist. we're not far from that these days no but... no
1: nah. No, yeah. come on we weren't far from that before if you listen to old suicide silence with mitch he just sounds like daffy duck
0: yeah yeah you
1: donald duck i mean that's
0: actually that's pretty accurate <laughs> description
1: there was an edit somebody made of like cutting out like the low end of his screams and then it was just the high end and all you hear is wah, wah. <laughs> 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 <was> so
0: good <laughs> that's great yeah uh Nah, man. I feel like it's just, again, it's more proof in the pudding that vocal vocalizing is for anybody. Mm-hmm. And really the key factor is, is are you going to take that, that one fucking cool sound that you stumbled across, you know, picking up a fucking brick or taking a shit or fucking yelling when you got scared and being like, yo, I can... Mm-hmm. I can kind of enhance on that, or I can figure out what I actually did, and then gaining that muscle memory and and utilizing it, and then finding a band or or writing music to go with it is kinda it's fucking magic man yeah, it is it's caveman music what the what the fuck yeah. else do you think they were doing
1: that's one of the reasons I love the band I'm in so much right now, like <laughs> I don't want to offend them if they listen to this, but uh, they're not like the best musicians. But they fucking beat on their instruments and have a great time, and it's like total slam, just having a great time. And I was like, yeah, this is what I need to be part of.
0: <laughs> I think I think if every, if people worried about being the fucking best uh, is probably the worst goddamn thing that anybody could do because you get man, there's so many records out there where I don't know, fucking car, guitar goes out of tune or you know you overshoot a scream or anything like that where but that's what fucking makes it man it's energy energy yeah. is what it's all about and like you know I, I i'll say i think i play in a band with some fucking phenomenally phenomenally talented musicians where again i i feel like the fucking imposter it's like man i don't know i don't know how the fuck i they managed to deal <laughs> with me in this situation but anytime that you play with anybody, it's... you can catch the vibe, and it, it... whether the person's barely played their instrument for a while doesn't really matter if you catch that moment where you all kind of lock onto a beat or that person plays something that inspires a chorus all of a sudden, or you know, whatever, gets that crazy drunk asshole to circle mosh and fucking yeah. punch a dude in the face in the pit, that's... <laughs> That's power, man. Yeah. That's that, real
1: power. That's where that's why vocalists have such big egos. You know you know how great it feels to be able to just like command essentially command people to push each other around? Like it's oh, yeah, so dude. powerful. <laughs>
0: I I've been a pretty uh uh slim small guy for the majority of my like I graduated high school at about hundred and thirty pounds and Jeez. you know, not much further <laughs> than that now, like yeah. hundred and fifty pounds and like i said i mean i heard pantera i heard phil anselmo scream and i was like dude this motherfucker could punch through a wall yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i could punch through a wall from listening to this motherfucker right now and man that that stuff does it for me too where it's like you can take big small fat skinny white black gay straight don't matter mm. you can and and again scream sing guttural whistle Fucking scream, you name it, <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter. It's th- the beauty of it all is that it's fucking you. Mm-hmm. It's your heart on your fucking sleep. That's where it's the good and bad of being a vocalist, too. Like, you kind of wield all this power and you get to be, you know, you can circle headbang and point out to the, you know, the girl in the crowd or, you know, have a cool drink or something like that. But in the end, like, I gu- you know, the third fret on the E string of a guitar is gonna sound like the third fucking fret of an mm. E string on a guitar. Slight variances in equipment and and people's natural tone, but you know, you and me both sing a note, it's vastly different and and it takes yeah. a lot of guts to kinda stand on a on a stage in front of a bunch of other people with you know, the guys in the back with uh-huh. their arms crossed. <laughs> yeah, you, you always get them there waiting to go and you know uh. it sometimes it takes a little bit too and and i don't know about you but uh, i can't drink before i go on stage or i'll i'll fuck myself up no Uh, i
1: I can't drink and i don't smoke anyways but i couldn't do that either
0: i i was a a a big pot smoker i've gone i haven't smoked all year this year
1: oh wow that's a yeah hey actually that's not too bad we're we're a month and a half in so
0: yeah so it's pretty good i'm i'm working and and for no other reason like i i quit cigarettes uh years and years and years ago, just cause that's obviously bad, but I was smoking weed as much as people smoke cigarettes and just kind of got to that point yeah. where I was like, I'm not doing any benefits. I'm not even like partying, you know, yeah. I'm just existing and, and really it's, you know, it's uh, a chance to kind of be a little bit more present in it. And like you said, like drinking, if I try to, you know drink booze or something like that and get on the stage and scream i'm going to hurt my voice i'll headbang a little too hard and fucking tweak my neck or you know or it just won't be good you know i yeah. might i might feel like it was the greatest fucking performance i ever did and then mm-hmm. you watch the videotape or you know everybody's little instagram clips and it's like Oh that was terrible so it's just yeah. n- never really done it for me
1: i used to not give a shit uh, i would drink smoke whatever before uh before screaming but that's because like i said i had the one track scream i knew i could do it um i still would damage my voice sometimes because back in those days i never warmed up ever not once (laughs) i would just go on there raw but uh now now since i i'm doing shit like the whistle screams like i'm staying hydrated no drinking no smoking because i need to make sure i hit that stuff and yeah dude come april that'll be my first time back on a stage and five years i think five or five or six some of that absolutely (laughs) yeah uh uh,
0: what was it end of december mid-december was our first time back on the stage since like the whole covid oh crap happened Uh, you know we played a show in january of 2020 and then it was like yep all cut right after that and uh man that was that was fucking hard man that damn near killed me like I mean I love writing music and uh I love recording music but at my core I'm I am a fucking live metal singer. I want to be mm. on stage. I want to be sweating. I want to be you know getting feedback, good bad or indifferent. Yeah. I want I want to be there and I want to be in people's faces and to not be able to go to shows, to not be able to perform at shows and it that that took an emotional toll on me like no other so that was definitely brutal
1: oh yeah so i i'm the same way i am through and through a live performance type of person i could give a shit about recordings but yeah. but recording these last two singles and producing them uh i'm the one that's producing them i've fallen in love with producing out of nowhere so
0: it get it, i don't do any of the i got myself a little home setup on my MacBook and stuff like that and uh, I love being able to do like record my tracks and ton of other tracks and work on other music but boy the tedium of editing and
1: I fell in love with it (laughs) production
0: (laughs) bless your heart Uh, my my drummer did the same thing a a good amount of years ago he was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna start learning how to do it so we can do pre-production and he went hook line and sinker and he's got a big his studio uh, set up in his house now. And yeah, I
1: was wanting to. I think I'm going to start trying to do it as a business. I don't know. <laughs> do
0: do it, man. It no better time than now. Yeah, I'm going to start mean,
1: producing some bands for free and see if uh, see if it catches yeah. on or not. But yeah. at least it's
0: not in the age where you have to like get a reel to reel tape thing and <laughs> yeah, have a fucking doctorate, <laughs> and exacto knife or some bullshit like that. It's 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 more accessible than ever. And fuck, man, if you give a, you never know you you find a cool band that just has never had a chance to record and get them on a track. And all of a sudden they have, even if they don't change them themselves at all or whatever, the fact that they can put their music online and now they can book a show easier Mm -hmm. without having to, you know, know that guy or this person or whatever it is, is again, Mm -hmm. it's a term I learned in the military is not everybody is the, tip of the spear Mm. there's always somebody that's got to do the other parts lorna shore is actually a perfect example will ramos is the the tip of the spear but their producer slash sound design guy who's not on the stage huge credit to that guy whose name i don't fucking know because that album sounds fantastic right you know and again Black metal is a good example, too, where I feel like there's a lot of black metal bands that have the fucking worst goddamn production in the world. <laughs> that's for, deliberate. That, that's maybe <laughs> that, deliberate. I think it's deliberate after it was undeliberate, and then they were like, no, that's how you're supposed to do it. It's supposed to sound like garbage <laughs> now, because we sounded like garbage.
1: And, <laughs> that's but, what I hear. You stick a mic in the center of the room and record all yeah, these words at once, not, that's how you do it. not a
0: good it. mic. It's a fucking beat up ass 58 that you borrowed from the club dangling yeah. from the light yeah. and which is you know what if that's what people like cool but man I would love it if I could differentiate between any 58. one of those the 58 <laughs> everybody's got the 58 I actually I switched over to Sennheiser not too long oh ago. really <laughs> yeah had the 58 for 10 fucking years so
1: here's why everybody has a 58
0: <laughs> precisely, precisely, and it sounds no different. It won't. You have a, yeah. a ding in the screen. That's about as much as you're gonna get. Pretty much. But form fitted to your custom it, grip. After it actually does years.
1: work really well for holding on stage. Oh yeah. Out of I any other mic. Definitely. Could you imagine bringing one of these? Well, these don't work live, anyways. The SM57 or yeah. <laughs> the SM7B. Or they have like those
0: the like old box looking.
1: Oh yeah. Some people still use those.
0: They do. I think. I feel like half of them probably have a 58 in there, and it's just there's got a, a cool fucking. There's frame a few local bands from the city
1: here, and and they they use the. And then the guy is doing like a really high fry cream into it, and it. <laughs> if you ask me, it's not a good combination, but he seems to like it.
0: <laughs> it looks cool, though. It does. End, yeah, sure. It looks cool. You look like you're, you know. But Death it sounds freaking.
1: It sounds like static is coming. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that's what yeah. he wants.
0: You never know. You never know.
1: You know, uh, Traders is one of the first bands I have ever heard use a freaking guitar pedal on his vocals.
0: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, is it like a like an effects pedal?
1: Yeah. It's like adding like It's it's like adding like gain and a couple other things, but it's it's rough. I don't he doesn't do it anymore, but <laughs> That's weird. On their like first two albums they did it and uh it sounds wild.
0: Whatever gets asses <laughs> in the seats, I suppose, but...
1: You know, and I, we're back. I just realized we're almost an hour in, and... Wow. We're, like, that we're like uh, only halfway through the things I wanted to actually ask you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let's dig into it.
1: Yeah. So, I, I don't even know what we're done, about, but that was a fantastic conversation. <laughs> but now I'm going to go back to inter- interviewer mode. Uh, what is, like... I, I I guess I, from our conversation I could probably already answer this for you, but I'll ask you anyways. What is like your favorite band? Would you say? I don't I don't like to put favorites on stuff either. But like, uh, what's the band you find yourself listening to the most?
0: Uh, for for the longest time, it's always been Pantera. That was just kind of my my number one for always. But if in terms of what I listen to on a regular basis, the Black Dahlia Murder man, I could I could listen to every one of those albums front to back every damn day of my life honestly uh, I think the record Nocturnal was probably a, a, the biggest uh, like shock for me when that came I loved Unhollow, loved Miasma and then man I heard Nocturnal I can still remember listening to it in my car picking it up from an FYE and jacksonville north carolina and being blown the hell away by that album and uh yeah man everything after that i could i could listen to it on repeat and a lot of times do that's awesome
1: Uh, i was fortunate enough to uh see them live before i even knew who they were (laughs) i was at i was at warp tour which is weird. They were at Warped Tour, but I was at one of the stages watching. Um, I want to say it was Chelsea Grin, and it was around the time where Chelsea Grin started trying to do cleans in their music. Oh yeah. And I was watching them, and I was watching Alex struggle to sing the cleans because he can't sing, and then he switched back to screaming. I was like, "This is just bad." So I wandered over to the left, and lo and behold, The Black Dahlia Murder is playing right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: What What year was that?
1: Man, twenty thirteen or fourteen, maybe something like that.
0: I actually I, I saw Black Dahlia at Ozfest. Ozfest, two thousand five. Nice kill, kill, killer lineup. It was Black Dahlia, Murder, The Haunted, Arch Enemy, all on the second stage. That's
1: like the early stages Soiled for her. most of those bands, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And the second, <laughs> second stage was in a fucking parking lot. <laughs> over on the side of the thing and uh no and that like i said that's about when i found that band. trivium was there every band that's huge now yeah was yeah. on that second stage back then uh but i was very fortunate to see black dahlia a, a good handful of times i saw him probably three times within the 12 months before he passed away probably so uh man that that one hit me hard too when, yeah. when Trevor left us but uh but you know again another thing with music man that that shit's eternal yeah so yeah of course
1: you, you you said Trivium and it made me think about uh back in my back in my like angsty teen years when i would uh i would jam i would definitely be like uh not Upset in my room, listening to to a Trey You and Trivium back to back. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's where
1: it's at. I remember getting all emotional because I was an angsty teen to bleeding mascara, and then realizing the implications of that, and like, oh, <laughs> 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 I don't even wear mascara. What's happening?
0: <laughs> nah, man, it, dude, that's again. It's those best parts of music. Like, you can be 13 years old and. Whether you understand anything about what those, the mm. lyrics or the song meant at all, it's like no, I know exactly what you're talking about because, whatever, this is what it means to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, I've done that with every band <laughs> at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Sat in my room crying about how, uh, how they're speaking right to me, man. But
1: no, that's yeah. the weird part about that song because. When I listen to it now As an adult I'm like Whoa That song is way different Than what I thought It was about back then (laughs) Bleeding mascara Is definitely About like uh, A woman getting abused Like 100% (laughs) And I was like This whole time I thought it was just About like a girl Who's sad and depressed And I was like I kind of relate To that (laughs) On It's like (laughs) It's not the same at all (laughs) Nope (laughs) But That's the That's the weird part About lyrics Is like I write lyrics Occasionally I write lyrics for fun where they're just like the craziest shit you can figure out to to put on paper. And then occasionally I'll write really emotional lyrics that I connect with and then I and then I remember that almost nobody's gonna understand these lyrics.
0: <laughs> so as my cat makes his debut here, uh yeah, that's kinda one thing that I kinda brought up as or was thinking up as like a topic too that I find interesting is is lyrics and writing lyrics like You know, where do you get your inspiration from? What kind of influences you on that aspect? Because I kind of do the same thing where, you know, every now and then I kind of just want to have a song that's like, hey, this is blood and guts and heavy metal. And then, you know, the more and more I write, I find myself wanting to make, you know, songs with a little bit more personal meaning too, where, you know, that those are that is kind of the legacy that we're all going to leave. You know, there's going to be a point where none of us are here anymore, but that music can kind of live on for a bit. So, you know, like what drives you with lyrics?
1: Yeah. So I've actually talked about this on the podcast before, so I hate to do this to all listeners again, but, uh, I actually have two, no two, yeah, two published novels. Okay. So a lot of my lyrics, and I also publish my lyrics as poetry when I don't, when I don't use them in songs. But a lot of my lyrics come from. I have a very imagine, imaginative mind. Not so good with the uh, spelling and grammar part. But um, so I basically what I'll do since it's metal is I'll take a piece of emotion and I'll put that on the page. And I'll be like, what is this emotion I'm trying to convey? Let's think of that. And then I take a piece of like uh, fiction to make it kind of like a story almost, or like uh, give it a little meat. And then, on top of that, I put a lot of like uh darkness, like I think of like the worst shit I can think of. I'm like, what is the yeah. darkest depths of my mind? Let me put that in there, and I combine that all into amalgamation of of one track but now um over like the last three years ish now or whatever i've I've like changed as a person dramatically like if you knew me four years ago, I was a totally different fucking person. So, a piece of me changed, and I've written, like, two songs in the last, like, few months that are, like, very deeply emotional, not dark in the slight... Well, they're dark, because they're emotional, but not dark in the way I used to write. It's not like, I'll murder, and and stuff like that. And so, like, this is the first time I've actually branched into that purely emotional. These lyrics have deep meaning. But then I still think, like, I'm just going to be screaming these, so... (laughs) But it's still cool to...
0: I can. I feel like I can relate with that too though where I feel like you know again earlier stuff it was like what's going to be badass you know like what would I read and looks cool or I'm very much still the from the time frame where it was like you got a, a CD and sat there with the liner notes and, and read along so that I could understand everything that I was hearing um. but you know as you get on you read enough you know hammer smash face Mm -hmm. and stuff like that (laughs) where then it's like okay I kind of want to get a little deeper and then Trevor is another great example of fantastic lyricist and also brutal as hell Um, but do you I find myself alternating the words that I write to fit not just the rhythms but like Know the rhythm, the rhyme, and the the vibe of the song. And sometimes I get caught in these loops of, you know, I hear a sound in my head and have to wrap the words around that, rather than write the words and figure out how to get that to sound good over the music. You know, is that ever something that you deal with, or are you the type that's just like, nope, I write these are the words and they'll fit the way they fit, or are you the type that's like, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna alter all of these words so that they kind of go with the rhythm or they go with the beat and they kind of make their way into the track.
1: Yeah, I definitely have written lyrics around a beat that I already have in my head. I find that that doesn't work very well for me because I don't write any of the music and I can't portray to the band how to make because I don't play any of the instruments. So I yeah. can't even I can't even show them like here's a little riff that I was thinking. So like I can't really and that's always been the case every band I'm in but i've only written a few songs like that generally cuz i write my lyrics sort of as poetry and like yep. i said i publish them as poetry when i don't use them in a song so i just write lyrics and i'm really good at rhyming and making sure that they're structured and then the band will play some shit and i'll be like i can f- i can jam these lyrics into that song essentially yeah and and i find it i find it insane that like I will surprise myself with how I made a line fit sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. I didn't expect it to pan out as well as it did, you know.
0: And do you usually write lyrics after the band is writing music?
1: Um. So it's been both ways throughout bands, but in the current band that I'm in, we actually all write at the same time. Which so, is good. So we'll we'll all be jamming. We'll do a jam session which is actually kind of a cool concept for another song that we're making, but I don't know if I'll talk about that here. <laughs> Little teaser. Um, but we'll be jamming, and so they'll be just hitting random shit, seeing what sounds good together. That's how they do it. They just bang on shit till it sounds good. And then I, at the yep. same time, I'm listening to what they're doing, and I will scream no words. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. when I scream with no words, I I look back at what I screamed, and then I'll put words.
0: Yeah. So. That's I feel like that's similar to what we do to uh, a lot of, you know, working out the kinks, so to speak, in the jam space and, you know, making a riff map of, oh, we're going to do this here and this here and kind of pounding out tunes. Meanwhile, I kind of mill it through the head and, like you said, kind of do... I call them, like, onomatopoeia vocals where I'm just making noises that kind of... Mm-hmm. to fit in. And then that's where I kind of get locked into these... Uh, Headspaces of what sounds I imagine there that I think would sound cool and then trying to base it off of that and then the subject matter can come from anywhere. It could just be, mm. you know, what's a fucking cool song title and I can work backwards from that. Whereas now, uh, especially once COVID happened, I started writing a, a lot more just blank sheet of paper, no songs in my or no music in mind maybe a rhythm in my head or something and more linear uh writing parts writing parts oh this could be a cool chorus if you want to call it or a neat hook or something like that but i've always found that process to be very interesting and diverse too where like sometimes i feel like you can hear a vocalist where it's like no this guy wrote this part for this this section 100% or this guy or gal, you know, excuse me, wrote this for, you know, wrote this and then was like, oh, I got to, I know a song or I know where that'll fit over this song Mm -hmm. or it doesn't fucking fit, but they made it work, you know? Yeah. I always found that kind of interesting.
1: I do that more with noises than I do with words. So like, like the part with the whistle scream. Yeah. When they were all, they're obsessed with sound bites being a slam band. So they're like, we need a slam bite in the beginning and then we need a sound bite in the middle somewhere. And I said, what about Thousand Years of Death? Because it's called Bring Out Your Dead. And they're like, that's beautiful. Let's put that in there. And then when I was editing the song, I chopped the song in half, put the gap, put the sound bite, and then did the whistle scream. And I was like, we did a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Without even so trying.
0: Like, <laughs> so, like, a good example for. Can you pull up uh another track of mine real quick? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The song is uh Where the World Ends. Yeah, we'll go right. here. Right here. So that was definitely a part where that riff that we had for no particular reason we called Captain Turtlemire's Lost Fish Salad and I heard that part in my head over and over and over and over and over again before okay. I had words to it. Yeah, Where it was, I was not going to have another part over it. Like, I would find the words to fit that part where I felt like sometimes... I get obsessive with yeah. that type of stuff where I'm not gonna settle for a, a filler spot, you know what I mean? Right. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: But Yeah, I have one one song currently that some for some reason the rhythm came to me in my head and then uh and now I just have it stuck in my head and so like if the band can't reproduce exactly what I'm thinking of, I'm probably just gonna drop the song as
0: not make it as part of the band. But it's part of that that process too where i feel like especially i mean you know just like me when you're a vocalist if man if the band's just not <laughs> hitting yeah. that rhythm it's yeah. like no that's not the part yeah you got to play it like diddily little e not didly. little and uh yeah i feel like sometimes that gets i i will punish myself for days and weeks and Months sometimes over parts just uh where I go back and forth and play all those parts in my head over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. And um, uh and I will say that this time, unlike other times, I recorded the um I recorded the uh the vocal part raw, which is not a great way to, to hear it, but I did that so that the band could hopefully hear that and then write something yeah. to it. But This? <laughs> sorry i'm doing a new one of those robot things
0: there we go <laughs>
1: and it told me to like the shapes are the same like i'm in prison or something I say,
0: are you a real are you a human I, just,
1: uh, <laughs> I was just gonna come here to show you the the vocal part that i was doing somewhere in here yeah okay it, it, I hate it, man. I love it and I hate it. Uh, raw vocals.
0: <laughs> raw raw vocals—the bane of every vocalist's existence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because
1: for context, I'm reading lyrics into a software into a program where I'm probably going to apply an effect, and this is just me on my phone for TikTok.
0: <laughs> there you go, man. But this, this is this will the... probably this will probably be a smash hit, though. This is half of uh, TikTok and Instagram feeds for me is. People yelling at their phones. So yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, you you tell me if you can even hear the rhythm in this because like I listen to it back and I'm like I don't know if that's exactly what I meant, but maybe
0: maybe I'll pick it up <laughs> as a fellow. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Yeah.
1: that's pretty much the gist of it, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can get where it's going though. Like, I feel the speed up part. Mm-hmm. I can feel where it's yeah, driving.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll play yeah. the rest. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I'm go so. For it. I hate listening to myself raw like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I was creative with that lyric. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying or no? <laughs>
0: yeah. No. I, I, uh, I heard motherfuckers lying on the floor at some point yeah
1: it's dead motherfuckers lying on the floor lying through their teeth they can't lie anymore
0: yeah that is (laughs) I thought it was creative (laughs) I like it that's where it's so tough as a vocalist man cause I I know for a fact you hear like a full the full fucking band in your head Mm -hmm. fucking drums, bass, guitar everything like that and as soon as somebody's like you know well what's it sound like? It's like, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, you know, not like that, but exactly. with notes and better. And yeah, 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 exactly. I do that shit all the time. I've, I've sent a few voice mm-hmm. things to, to one of my bands like that. My guitar player is actually really good at those onomatopoeia parts where yeah. <laughs> they'll just melt out a part and then shred it like a motherfucker. So, uh, but it's tough, too, though, because then once – even if they take what you had and interpret it a little different and mm. it's slightly different, then it's like, yeah, but, dude, now my whole fucking shit's fucked up. Mm. Like, that makes it difficult. That's where I always find, I find it insane with, like, I think – going back to the Black Dahlia murder, I swear Trevor and Brian must have sat around and wrote lyrics or like he must have wrote lyrics yeah. over the riffs, like sitting in the room with them together.
1: because
0: they they rap so tightly together, and I think that shit is so fucking cool. Yeah. So
1: and that that song in my head, I have more than just the band. In my head, I have a backing track and everything because like, oh yeah, when it's like. The one, two, three, one, two, three, four part. It's yep. the song's called Three Shots," so then I want a backing track of gunshots on every single one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, but, nice. And then the rest of the band is gonna hear that clip and be like, "I don't know, dude.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that <laughs> was." But <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, man. Ed, yeah. What else? What else did I have for stuff? Oh. Here's some good questions for you too. Like, okay, what do you uh, what do you do for like conditioning or practice for yourself? For I mean, it could be for life in general, but for for vocals, as do you find anything, you know, exercise or just routine-wise or diet-wise? We talked about like hydration and not mm-hmm. drinking and stuff like that. But I know for me, I go through phases where i'm really fit for a little bit and then i'm fucking really lazy for a little bit and like what do you what's your type of protocol on you know staying at vocal performance level you know like fuck looking cool with your shirt off or anything like that but like what is it that helps you with your sound and your voice and
1: yeah yeah for sure um as far as, like, making sure that I, uh, stay with healthy screams, because with my sound, I'm always, uh, experimenting with random fucking noises, that's how I do that, but, um, I definitely stay hydrated, no smoking, no drinking, any of that stuff, and then, um, I practice, I give myself, so I practice with the band, we try to do two times a month or more if we can, but I, I for myself I practice three times a week like dedicated have to whether it's in my car on the way to work or whatever yeah. and then I always just warm up beforehand and I don't even warm up as serious as I might for like a show like before practice as long as I've been using my voice for the day I'm I'm, yeah. I'm decently good for it but yeah and oh one thing I, I specifically do that some people tell you not to which I think is weird is I sp- deliberately practice without being able to hear myself Okay. Yeah, so I like listen the- to like super loud music, or I deliberately muffle myself with some earplugs or something, um, because I think that that keeps me from over projecting when I'm playing live or when I have the band playing
0: behind me. Yeah, uh, I was for the first five years in the band. I was a uh, no earplugs, no nothing, and that was I'd run into that problem too, where you find yourself trying to be louder than the fucking band which is impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then I was earplugs for a good long time until just very recently where that at least you get that internal resonance kind of feel mm-hmm. uh, which helped a lot and I actually just switched over to in-ear monitors which is wow fucking game changing yeah, yeah. in terms in terms of uh really accenting your flaws and, and highlighting <laughs> yeah. those areas and, and to getting more comfortable with that. Oh yeah. Like I'm fucking on right now and mm-hmm. getting that better feeling or that muscle memory in every, in every aspect too. like, this is what my fucking gut feels like when I'm on, this is where I'm positioned. Well, where I'm on. And, uh, I found too, that the more like ab, exercises that i can possibly fucking do or at least endurance ab type exercises like you don't need big six pack or nothing but actually putting in some reps of actually taking care of that core area Mm. in any way shape or form wow drastically when it comes to fucking like scream length and power and projection obviously the, the diaphragm right there too but i feel like uh that's kind of always something easily overlooked. Where even running, like if I go out and run and work on that endurance and stuff like that, that does stuff. I'm sure it's definitely good for you. Running Man. and screaming, yeah. yeah, or like actually run screaming while you're running. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 because I I can tell when I'm out of shape because I'll run out of air while I'm screaming so easily. Like in that video we just watched, I was yeah. not even. I was not like you uh, know. A good shape at a, at the time when I recorded it. So like, <laughs> so I'm like running out of breath and yeah, it's good. And times. I
0: feel like the, I feel like that stuff's super important, especially because live, like your energy is always
1: yeah peak yeah. yeah of course. Like at,
0: at the practice space, who cares, man? Like you're hanging out, you know, people are smoking a joint, whatever, hanging out, or you get. 10 minutes between songs who cares no big deal mm-hmm. even if you're practicing like it's a live set it's really hard to match that adrenaline pump yeah. that comes up where I found that if I'm consistent with even just doing a couple of fucking sit ups or something here and there I feel like a fucking superhero after a set my neck might still be sore from headbanging like an animal or something but yeah, I find that I can maintain a lot more consistency you know for sure through even just the most basic of exercises like I said doesn't have to be fucking bodybuilding or any shit like that but actually just putting in repetitions and doing stuff that makes you uncomfortable so that when Mm -hmm. you're up there it's night and day and then it makes the studio cakewalk
1: yeah but yeah yeah for sure Hey, man, so, we're going to have to cut this one short because yeah, I'm going to need to go to tend to my child and take a nap as well. Um, but Absolutely. we should have a second episode, and we can continue on this conversation. This might Absolutely. be the longest episode I have. No, Record-breaking. No, no, not the longest. but are but we're, we're up there, but you definitely should come back on. This is a fantastic episode, and I hate to cut it short like this, but I do – I do. Hey, no problem. <laughs> Have I'm to ready go. for
0: dinner myself. So
1: Perfect, man. Well, thanks for coming on and chatting. We will continue. We'll save those other topics you had. If you had more, you save Absolutely. them and we'll, we'll do another episode. We'll schedule it.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. It's always nice to talk to another vocalist.
0: Absolutely. Apparently, we can go on and on about it. Yes, so. yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to stay updated, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, my name is Jake. We'll see you next time. Bye.